Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. Um, we have a returning guest, so I want to welcome Christian Kapoor um, for the fifth time, actually. So Christian is the, the senior analyst at the World Gold Council, um, and he's here to discuss what happened with, um, or sorry, discuss some of the, the, the gold demand trends um, in quarter three, but also, um, because we haven't spoken in a while, um, we're just going to cover quarter two as well. Um, and also gonna, just going to discuss uh, the gold market outlook for the remainder of the year going into 2023. So that's welcome, Krishnan, back to the podcast. How are you doing, Krishnan? I'm well, Rob. Thank you for having me once again. No, and I appreciate your, uh, appreciate your time as well. Like I said, we haven't spoken in a while. Um, so I just wanted to, for those that haven't heard uh, heard you speak before or heard you on the podcast just wanted me to just give us a very small pitch about your back uh, about yourself your background um and then we're going to the uh, questions around um the gold um the gold report absolutely so i'm a senior analyst here at the world gold council and for those who maybe aren't familiar we're a trade association uh, for several of the world's largest gold uh, miners um and our our job really is to to examine the market to, to promote gold as an investment asset. Um, and so within that, we really do look at all, all facets of the gold market, all the way from the supply side, so the mining, um, to the demand side, who's buying and who's selling. Um, and the Gold Demand Trends report that we produce once a quarter, and which I'll be talking through uh, today, is really our our kind of flagship publication when it comes to to discussing what's been happening in the um, in the gold market in any particular quarter. Yeah, and obviously there's been a lot happening in in the industry. Um, I, I do follow uh, the gold gold market, so I just wondered if you can just give us a um, a quick overview of quarter two because obviously we didn't we didn't um, speak then, and then obviously more recently in quarter three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so quarter two was um, slightly weaker than what we saw in quarter one. If you remember back uh, back for the first three months of the year, we really started at a, a kind of a bit of a blockbuster pace, especially in the ETF uh, in the ETF area. Um, however, that came off slightly in in Q two as we kind of moved away from the the start of the the Russian war in Ukraine, um, and we saw that impacting gold market. So while prices uh, came off ever so slightly, um, we also saw that bar and coin investment was impacted by uh, the lockdowns that we saw in China in relation to COVID. Um, we also saw uh, jewellery demand, which while it was slightly higher, um, it, it was, uh, it was then, sorry, slightly higher than the year before, it was still, still down quarter on quarter. Um, so demand was much softer in Q2. However, if we move forward into Q3, we see that actually a much more um, robust picture for gold demand. Um, if we start with uh, the investment side, uh, that was actually down, admittedly, in Q3, but that was predominantly from ETFs. 
So as I mentioned at the start of the year, we saw uh, that blockbuster two, two, three hundred tons of inflows into ETFs. Over the last two quarters, that really has come off and reversed almost completely. Um, and so in Q3, we saw uh, substantial outflows of around 227 tons from ETFs. And that really dragged down the overall investment picture, because if we move forward and look at um, the borrowed coin space over Q3, that was actually pretty robust. That actually saw a, a relatively good performance. Um, and again, that was a six-year quarterly high, um, up 36% year on year. If we look at jewellery, uh, particularly in Q3, we see that continuation of a recovery from the lows that we saw in 2020 as a result of the pandemic. One of the things, one of the trends that we've noticed is that recovery, is the fact that the pandemic is no longer a significant factor in a lot of the commentary that we're writing about and a lot of the the, the kind of the, the dynamics that we see in the market uh, outside of China, where admittedly there are still having having challenges, um, but but by no means is it something that we're seeing widespread. And again, in jewelry, that's that's a real uh, a real um, highlight in terms of where we're seeing that recovery. So jewelry demand overall in Q3 was back up to those pre-COVID levels. Um, it was up 10% year on year in Q3, um, and that was really helped again by the lower gold price that we saw in the quarter. Um, and then on the central banking side in Q3, we saw record central bank uh, demand in that particular quarter. Um, and that really um, kind of supports the findings that we had from our central bank survey earlier in the year, which indicated that 25% of the respondents to that, that they would be increasing their gold reserves over the next 12 months. So overall in Q3, it was a broadly positive picture. Um, uh, that was 28% up year on year um, at a global level. Um, and it really was that strong consumer element. So the jewellery side and the central bank purchasing, which helped that overall uh, return that we're seeing to those pre-pandemic levels, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the council produced quarterly reports and probably produced other other materials as well. Um, I just wonder if you can just tell us where where the council, what kind of data they get. Obviously, you mentioned you work with a few of the big miners. Is there other areas where you get all your information, collates all your data, figures, et cetera, to then compile, compile everything? Absolutely. Uh, we produce a number of publications uh, and data sets that we make uh, readily accessible to anyone who visits our website, goldhub.com. Uh, and once you've registered, you will have access to all of that information. And again, the uh, the report, research reports that we uh, write about span investment in gold um, all the way through to things like uh, sustainability um, or ESG. That's particularly relevant, I guess, for a number of uh, the people in your audience who who are on the mining side and who, you know, the, the ESG uh, and the sustainability topics are becoming very, very, very important. Um, as I said, all of this is available on our website. We we freely give away the reports and data uh, once you've registered. Um, so not only does that allow you to read our insights, it allows you to get your hands on some of the data that we produce and we use to help inform your own analysis um, and when looking at gold. And again, and that's that is a, a breadth of data that spans the investment side, uh, the kind of the the kind of the supply side. There are a, a number of data sets, and I'm sure that anyone who's got an interest in gold will find something very interesting in that. Um, can you tell us about what drove the recovery um, in the jewelry demand? Um, I suppose 
over the maybe quarter two and quarter three? Yeah, absolutely. It was one of the one of the real interesting trends that we have seen. Um, and I would say it, it probably goes back even beyond that. As I mentioned, jewellery was particularly hard hit um, in 2020 as a result of the pandemic. You would imagine like uh, the rest of us, we were all locked down. Um, shops were closed. You know, it, here in many other markets, um, people just couldn't get out and buy gold jewellery. Um, and not only that, um, the impact of the pandemic meant that a lot of people's incomes were being threatened, their economic livelihoods. Um, and as such, uh, we know from our previous analysis that jewellery is incredibly sensitive to two things. That's the gold price and that is uh, incomes. So if incomes are threatened or, or go down, then that's likely to have a negative impact on, on jewellery demand. Now, with it hitting an incredibly low level during the pandemic, the question was, well, will we see it recover? And if so, how quickly? Um, and since then, uh, we have continued to see gold improve as markets have um, opened up that kind of re uh, regular channel of people going to jewellery stores, particularly markets like India and China, being able to transact, buy their gold physically in, in person, um, has returned. And we have seen that increasing normalisation of the jewellery space and jewellery demand. So it culminates in what we saw in Q3 is that actually we finally saw jewellery return to levels that we last saw in around 2019. Um, and so that recovery has taken, taken some time, but we feel that it's, it's approaching where it should be and then where we're starting to see, um, start to see figures and demand um, that we were, were kind of used to before the pandemic happened. Now, the reason why we've started to see that, particularly in the most recent quarter, is well, we've seen a lower gold price. The gold price has, has been down for a lot of Q3. I think it's down 8% uh, over the quarter. Um, uh, so, and it's been down over, over the year generally, in, in at least in US dollar terms. And because of that, that lower gold price, that affordability angle, it means when it comes to um, re, uh, retail consumers looking to buy jewellery, it just makes it that bit more affordable. And I should also add that in some markets as well, we saw evidence of pent up demand. Uh, so China, for example, who are you know pretty severely impacted by COVID and sporadic lockdowns in Q2, some of that unwound as lockdowns were eased in certain parts of the country in Q3, uh, coinciding with a low gold price meant that people were out and they were willing to buy um, at, at, a, at a, a slightly lower price. So those are some of the factors in some of the key markets that we saw has really helped jewellery reach that, that, final, that final hurdle of, of um, getting back to where we saw um, volumes being before the pandemic. So that recovery has been very interesting. What, what we would say is we need to see how things progress before we call it uh, a firm recovery. Um, but we have seen, we have seen that, that recovery build. Hopefully it will be sustained, um, but we'll wait to see for the few, next few quarters to see how that progresses. Um, what have we seen a sort of divergence between the ETFs um, and retail investors um, in the sort of more recent quarter? It's a very good question. So you, as you rightly point out, um, as and I mentioned previously on the uh, ETF space, we saw about 227 tonnes of outflows, whereas on the bar on coin space, we saw about 350 tonnes of, of demand, um, and that was up, I think, year on year. So generally, and it's not a perfect, uh, perfect split, but generally the ETF space um, is mostly driven by institutional investors, whereas the bar on coin side is more retail investors. So 
It's very much two constituencies. However, they are operating within the same macroeconomic environment, high inflation, interest rates going up. However, if we look at the two, we see that actually they are responding or they did respond in Q3 uh, to different cues. So on the institutional side, we saw the outflows from ETFs. They were really um, responsive to the higher interest rates that we were seeing from people like the Fed. And that was translating to the market to higher yields in assets like treasuries, gilts. Um, and what that meant was because we're seeing higher interest rates, the opportunity cost of holding gold is higher. Now, the opportunity cost uh, for anyone who may be unfamiliar is simply the return that you can earn elsewhere. So if assets such as bonds, equities, whatever it might be, are all of a sudden earning you a higher level of income than gold is, um, you are more inclined or more interested to, to hold that. So the higher interest rates are a headwind for gold because it means other assets such as uh, treasuries will be providing you a potentially higher return. Um, and that prompted a lot of the outflows that we saw in, um, in the ETF space. But on the borrowed coin side, we actually saw uh, retail investors really latch on to the inflation story. So the idea that prices are going up, um, gold is known historically as a store of value. So despite time and prices changing, gold will maintain its value um, relative to the price level. Um, and so we've seen a lot of demand recently for bars and coins because of that motive, because people are looking for assets which will hold its value when cash, for example, is losing value as we see this general increase in the price level. So that was the primary reason we saw the two divergences. One was very much focused on the opportunity cost uh, of higher interest rates, and therefore the, the, the idea that holding gold at this time was, was less preferable than holding other assets. Whereas for the retail side, the, the fact that we're seeing multi-decade level high inflation um, was a reason to look for assets or, or hold on to things which are going to maintain their value in this kind of environment. And gold is one of the recognised assets that can do that. Obviously, um, inflation is a, a topic, obviously, in the news uh, most, most days. And obviously, it seems to be continuing to rise. So what... What impact does does that have on obviously gold demand and the gold price? Obviously, you mentioned gold is a sort of, in, I suppose, inflation hedge against obviously inflation and a store value. So, um, how would you see the the sort of gold demand and the gold price um, obviously moving over the the coming months and years? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, and it's a tough one. It's one that markets are kind of grappling with themselves. Uh, each day, in fact, uh, inflation, uh, as we all have seen, as you rightly say, in the, in the newspapers, uh, on the news, um, is at, at multi-decade level highs. Um, and central banks are doing what they can in order to combat that. And one of the key ways in which they do that is monetary policy, so raising interest rates. Uh, and we have seen that. We've seen that from the Federal Reserve. We've seen that from the Bank of England from the Bank of Reserve Bank of Australia, from the Bank of Japan. So this is something that's widespread. Um, and those increased interest rates are looking to kind of withdraw demand from the economy to help bring down those prices. Now, gold is um, generally recognized as, as I mentioned, as a, a store of wealth, uh, something that is an inflation hedge. And as a result, people will look to hold it in order to maintain their wealth 
um, or, or to, to maintain the, the level of their wealth, uh, as you see, as you see, it get eroded by by inflation. However, it's complicated. So on the one hand, you have inflation itself as a supportive factor for gold and a reason why some people look to hold it. However, on the flip side, you have the response to inflation, which is increasing interest rates, which themselves, as we mentioned, through opportunity costs are a headwind for gold. So it's, it's kind of competing forces. You're seeing high inflation, but you're also seeing increasing rates. And depending on where we have been at any particular time in the year, um, and this has been ongoing for uh, several months now, um, gold will be pushed and pulled depending on what people are primarily focused on. If they are primarily focused on the inflation story, will it be sustained at a higher level for a longer period? Um, Potentially, that could be supportive for gold. However, if people are focused on the interest rate story, and our interest rates just going to keep going up and up and up. Well, that's potentially a negative for gold, in which case it could negatively impact it. Um, so it, we have really seen that ebb and flow over the year. And we have a, a model uh, on our website called um, the Gold Return Attribution Model, or GRAM for short. Um, and that looks to um, attribute gold's performance that we've seen to several key buckets, some of which are interest rates and measures for inflation. And you can see over the year how that changes. So in some months, you'll see the performance of gold will be more impacted by the change in interest rates, or in other months, it might be more the inflation risk that we're seeing as a a, a more driver of performance in that particular month. But what's true is that the inflation story, the interest rate response to it, how the dollar has performed, again, in this environment, have all been key factors into the way gold has performed overall this year. But going forward, these factors and and, and these questions are are unlikely to be answered for some time. We have seen the response from the Federal Reserve and the hawkishness that they have have conveyed to the market. We have seen uh, interest rates uh, continue to rise and are likely to continue to rise in most major markets uh, well into next year. Um, However, inflation, is showing signs maybe of cooling, but we don't know how quickly that may come off if it does, whether it's going to be a smooth ride down or whether it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. What we have to wait and see is really how inflation behaves as we move forward next several months and also how the policy response from central banks, for example, evolves. If anything like that changes, then that will have an impact on gold. Um, but but it really is very much a wait and see because it is such a complex complex issue at the moment. Um, we've seen the uh, crypto market take a bit of a hit more recently and probably over over the course of this year. Have you noticed? I suppose some um, some people that were obviously fans of crypto, um, and obviously because it's taken a bit of a hit, have you noticed some crypto fanatics or people involved in the crypto space move over? And purchase purchase gold. And again, I don't know whether you get that kind of data, but um, do you see some of those people sort of changing course and um, and moving their assets over into gold? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we don't have very good data on that 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 level of granularity. Um, I mean, what what I would say is that where we saw any sort of substitution previously, and again, evidence was slim, was it was very much on the periphery. 
um, we don't really see um, much information by the ways of, of, of people investing in gold. We have done um, research which um, looks at uh, those that invest in cryptos and gold, those that invest in gold, and, and, and there are some overlaps. Um, so it could be that some people are, are looking to gold, um, given the turbulence that we've seen in the crypto space, um, not just the last couple of days, but, but for the last best part of a year, excuse me. Um, but no, unfortunately, I don't have much information on that in terms of, in terms of uh, crypto investors moving into gold. Um, central banks have bought a record amount of uh, gold in quarter three. Um, and I suppose it, it again it is out there in the news. Um, why are central banks investing in gold? What what's their main purpose behind um, the, the the continued increase in in them purchasing gold? Yeah, so we have seen a long-standing trend of central banks buying gold going back to 2010 and the wake of the global financial crisis. Um, and you know we we run an annual survey to really get. Um, direct feedback from central banks as to why they're buying. We see the buying in the market. It gets reported. Um, however, really, as you say, understanding the motives behind it is quite quite key. So we run an annual central bank survey, the results of which, again, are available on our website, goldhub.com. Um, and uh, this year's findings that we released in around May um, one of the key questions was, what are your reasons for holding, you're deciding to hold gold? And um, unsurprisingly, um, some of the key factors were gold's historical position, um, uh, its performance in a time of crisis, uh, the fact that it doesn't have any counterparty risk. Um, so kind of factors which are very much related to the risk side and the risk mitigation side of, of, of portfolio management. So very key, I think, is gold is recognized as an asset which can serve as a bit of a ballast to the riskier elements of a portfolio. Uh, and central banks in their responses seem to be keen, excuse me, being keenly aware of this. And, and those are some of the reasons why they, they decided to hold gold. As I mentioned, not only um, how did they give us the reasons of why to hold gold, but they actually, you know, earmarked their intentions, um, or, or, or sorry, I should say, uh, signposted their intentions that we're seeing at the moment uh, when we asked them, you know, their intention to buy over the next 12 months, 25% responded in the aff uh, affirmative. So they were, they, you know, they were open or they were actively looking to increase their gold reserves over the next 12 months. And I think that's what we have seen in the data with the central banks have been big buyers so far this year. But I think also, if you then marry up the findings from the survey, that idea of a risk mitigating asset, essentially, and then match that to the environment that we're operating in, um, the kind of the, the, we've got the economic uh, uncertainty uh, with inflation, for example. But we've also got the geopolitical uncertainty. We've got the, the Russian war in Ukraine. We've got the, the tensions in China over Taiwan. Um, so I think there have been a number of reasons, uh, uh, or should I say, a number of issues in the macroeconomic backdrop, which kind of when you match it to the survey findings kind of helps to explain why we have been seeing um, more gold buying this year. Um, however, 
you know, as I said at the top, this is certainly um, this is certainly not something unique to 2022. This has been a long-standing trend, and so central banks have got a, a firm, positive mindset towards gold, um, and, and that's not something that we see changing anytime soon. Um, what's the most interesting uh, trend that you've seen um, in the gold, in, and I suppose in gold demand uh, during the course of this year? Yeah, I I would say they're all interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, certainly, um, certainly, I think I think the recovery that we've seen in jewellery that we've already spoken about has been has been particularly interesting to see how how that has has that you know how that trajectory has has um, kind of transpired and, and played out. Um, I, again, you talk about the central bank space and, and its record buying. That's an incredibly interesting story um, and a, and a continuation of a trend. Um, and again, I think um, the the strength that we're seeing on the retail side for for investment demand, um, as I said, maybe not so much the ETF space, but certainly if you look at retail investment, um, you know, for bars, coins, that's been incredibly strong. If you look at the data that's published by the US Mint, for example, or the Perth Mint, they're seeing very very strong numbers this year. Um, um, not not shy off last year last year's numbers, and last year's numbers were incredibly strong too. So. I think we're painting uh, painting a number of uh, stories, a number of trends that are incredibly incredibly positive for gold. Um, obviously, we have to wait for the final quarter to play out to see how how Q4 performs before we can call the full year picture. But certainly, up until Q3, I think we've seen um, a number of interesting trends, um, all of which are, are are kind of referred to in the report. If anyone would like to go and read it in full, um, but certainly. Certainly, um, certainly, I, I would say that the, the market overall, given the macroeconomic backdrop and everything else that's happening, has has seen a number of interesting dynamics that uh, that yeah we'll continue to watch. Yeah, um, and lastly, what's the outlook for gold in quarter uh, four, which obviously we're in now, um, and I suppose moving into twenty twenty three, where do, where do you see gold? What what do you see gold doing um, in the first first half of uh, next year? So yeah, so so Q4 um, hopefully will be a, a good one. Um, certainly, we have a number of festivals. We have Christmas in the West, uh, which is always a buying occasion. In India, you have Diwali, um, which is a huge, huge um, buying occasion. And then in January, you have Chinese New Year, which again is another huge gold buying occasion. Um, so it tends to mean that, that the tail end of the year um, may see some seasonal strength. Um, but again, we have to see what happens with the cost of living crisis. We have to see what happens with inflation um, to see how, how consumers are impacted by all of this. Um, and that will have a knock-on effect on, on how gold perform or gold demand performs in certain categories such as jewellery. Um, so it very much remains to be seen. I think there are there are reasons to be optimistic, um, but I think you know cautious optimism is probably the the, the the right way to put it. Um, going into next year, I would say it's very much one of the same. Um, cautious optimism. I think there are reasons why um, you know we'll continue to see gold demand recover uh, as we move further away from the, the epicenter of the pandemic. Um, however, we are in an incredibly challenging economic time, um, and you know depending on how that evolves, we'll have we'll have you know. A, a certain say on on how potentially gold demand performs as well. Um, so uh, it, it's difficult to say um, exactly how we think the, the gold demand is going to perform over the next three to six to nine months. Um, but um, but certainly um, certainly this year so far has been very positive. Um, 
and barring any unforeseen circumstances, hopefully, hopefully things will will continue on a, a similar trajectory. Christian, really appreciate your time. Uh, give us an update, obviously, on, on the gold space. Um, it's certainly interesting times. Um, I suppose sometimes you think, out, is there enough gold in the world? But there, there is, and obviously, companies are out there trying to find and trying to discover more. So um, interesting to see how things move. Uh, forward for the rest of this year going into 2023. Um, if our audience wants to find out, obviously, some more information um, on what the World Gold Council does and all the reports that you produce, um, I, there's obviously, I take it to go to your website. Where else do you um, publish your material? Yeah, so goldhub.com is our primary uh, primary website if you want to see all of our, our research um, and data. Um, you can also find me on Twitter, uh, at Christian Gopal. i tweet regularly, uh, you know, information on, on how gold is performing or in, in any interesting gold stories. Um, and, and yeah, otherwise, if you want to know a bit more about the World Gold Council, uh, our website, gold.org, um, will we'll have all the information um, related to not just the demand side of gold, but as I said, also a number of interesting topics on the supply side of gold too. So um, yeah, I encourage anyone who's got an interest in gold to take a look. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, our audience, if you want to know about, about what's happening in the, in the gold market, um, please visit, obviously, the World, uh, World Gold Council site, um, website, and obviously we can include all the other um, social media links in the um, show notes that come from this podcast. So um, thank you again, Krishnan. Appreciate your Thanks, time. Bro. Those that are listening, um, please share this um, episode around the world. Um, especially to other people that um, are interested in gold, um, whether they invest or whether they um, consume a lot of gold jewellery. Um, I think this um, this episode will be a bit obviously interested in um, just to know, just so they understand a little bit more about what they've been purchasing or maybe what they're investing in. So appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.